Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. All right, who's ready for a great day? Oh, my people. It's 9 a.m. and you're awake. Praise God. Hey, take out a Bible. If you got a Bible, take out an e-Bible. If you got an e-Bible. Come on. This is going to sound super spiritual, but I knew it was going to be a good day when I woke up this morning. I was just, as soon as I woke up, just bombarded by the enemy. As soon as I woke up just bombarded in my thoughts. And I thought, man, the enemy hates what we're going to talk about today. Amen? Because it's going to set you free. Luke chapter 5. Go with me to Luke chapter 5. Can I just say this too, that God loves you? And I know you hear that all the time, but he really loves you. And he really loves you. He really loves you in whatever season you're in, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, he loves you. His grace wants to abound. Luke chapter 5, verse 17, it says this. One day while Jesus was teaching, to the Phar- teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law were standing nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village from Galilee, Judea, as well as Jerusalem. Why does it seem like the wrong people always show up all the time? They're just like always around the corner, just lurking. It says, the Lord's healing power was strong with Jesus. This is why we put our trust in him, because he's a healer. Verse 18, some men carrying a paralyzed man man on a sleeping mat came. They tried to take him inside to see Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowds. So they went to the roof and took off some tiles. They laid, they lowered the man, the sick man, on the mat down through the crowd right in front of Jesus. Verse 20, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the young man, your sins are forgiven. I want us to always remember this, that this is the greatest miracle ever. This is the greatest thing that could ever happen in a person's life, that they are redeemed from sin, they are translated from the kingdom of darkness, brought into the kingdom of light, that forevermore they are a son or a daughter of Jesus Christ. This is the greatest miracle ever. But the Pharisees and the teachers said to themselves, who does he think he is? That blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Verse 22, Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you ask this question in your heart? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or to stand up and walk? Verse 24, so I'll prove to you that I'm the son of man and I have the authority on earth to forgive sins. So Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. And instantly everybody watched the man jumped up, picked up his mat and went home praising God. Amen. Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, we worship you. We thank you for your great presence. Thank you for being here with us today. God, we just so value your word and your truth and what you have to say to us today. 
Open up our hearts, pour it into us so that we can be more and more like you. We love you, we love you, we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, give it up for the worship team this morning. So proud of them. We had new members. We had Brian playing the acoustic for the first time. Come on, we had Brett back on the drums. Man, we're just, we're just killing it. Got mass question. Have you ever seen somebody who's paralyzed? The answer is yes. And uh, sometimes it's because of an accident. Sometimes it's because of a disease. And uh, I don't know about you, but um, I know that my heart always breaks for people in, in, the, in that arena. And um, I uh, hurt for them. I hurt for their families. Um, I know that um, as I have a longing in my soul to see people healed like that, I just know that God's good, and I want to see them walk. I want to see them experience life and uh, their life to the full. And so here's the deal. Here's the challenge, is when we read a passage in the Bible where we go, this doesn't necessarily apply to me in in my life personally, We, we have to be able to take that passage in the Bible and go, God, how does this relate to us? How does this make sense to us? How does this make sense to our everyday life? Because I think a lot of times we're reading the Bible and we're just taking it at face value and we're not taking the moments and the time to put ourselves within the story and to ask the Holy Spirit to go, hey, help reveal truth to me. Help reveal what I need to see from this. And so I want to help us understand how to translate this because we're not physically paralyzed, but I believe what the Lord was showing me this week is that a lot of us are paralyzed just in other arenas of life, okay? And so I want to talk today about four arenas that I believe that the enemy is working hard to just paralyze us in our life. And the four arenas are this. It's trauma, wrong expectations, feeling worn out, can I get an amen from anybody on that, okay, feeling worn out, and disobedience. And, and a lot of times I feel like a lot, a lot of people just feel like life is miserable. We're just kind of like going through the motions, just kind of going through it, miserably going through it because we're paralyzed in some areas of our lives and we can't move forward. We're gripped with fear. We're weighed down. Life feels heavy. We feel like what? We just can't get it together. Can I get an amen on that? Okay. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's just me. Okay. But we feel like I can't get it together. I can't move forward. I'm just, I'm kind of paralyzed in life. And so today we're going to do a few things. We're going to look at these words and and see how God wants to heal and restore them. But I also want you to know this. I want you to be encouraged today. And, And that's what I really felt in my heart from the Lord as I was going into this weekend. I felt like the Lord said, I want to encourage my people. I want to strengthen my people. I want their hope to be full. I want them to see life through my perspective. That what? That Jesus can always always, always, let me say that again, always heal anything that is broken or looks dead or is paralyzed. 
He is a healer. There is nothing too big for him. And so we're going to look at these words today. So the first word we're going to look at today is this word trauma, okay? I was getting my hair cut on Wednesday morning, as I always do, in my standing appointment with my barber, Rob, and uh, he's out in uh, Morrow, and I get up early and drive out to see him, and I'm always the first one, and sit down, and uh, you know, me and Rob go way back. Uh, I've been seeing him for like seven years now. He he actually got saved through our relationship. He's a part of our church. He watches online, and uh, he's just a great guy. And so I'm asking him about his son, uh, Donnie. And I said, hey, how's Donnie doing? He went back to school. He said, man, Donnie's doing really good. He's doing really well in school. They asked him to kind of have a moment where he had to read out loud in class. And he's just doing such a great job. He's such a great reader. And when he said read out loud in class, I instantly had flashbacks of trauma, okay? (laughs) I mean, I mean, I went back to fourth grade, to fifth grade, to seventh grade, to ninth grade. And I remember those seasons in my life where I'm like, please, God, do not call me out today to read out loud or to spell out loud. And and I know that a lot of us like just don't like, it's like a fear of like being in front of everybody. For me, it came from this place where I, I have some issues. Like I have this thing called dyslexia. I have this thing called ADD. And so for me, school was really tough. Can I get an amen from anybody? It, it wasn't easy. And, and I, it just brought, school was just traumatic for me. You know, I had a lot of my peers growing up telling me how stupid I was all the time. Um, I had school counselors always telling me, like, you need a trade job someday. And there's, listen, there's nothing wrong with trade jobs, but they would always tell me, listen, any job that has to do with reading or spelling or communication, that's not for you. Isn't that funny how the enemy will weasel his way into your life when you're young to tell you what you're not? Can I get an amen from anybody? It's trauma. You know, I've had some traumatic moments in my life. I had a bad car wreck sometimes. You can see the scar. It's a little more prevalent. You know, I had 60 stitches in my head. Um, I should have flown out of the car. I believe there was an angel. I really do. Because if I would have flown out that window like I was going, I would have been ran over by the next car. And I felt something push me back into the car. I'll never forget the morning I gave my grandma, she was my mom, I gave her a hug. She had a stroke in my arms. I was 13. I'll never forget losing our house. I'll never forget when I was in seventh grade, inappropriately being introduced to sex by somebody I trusted with a 19-year-old babysitter. What am I saying? We all have trauma. We all have trauma. We all have things that 
are touchy. Maybe for you it was a death. Maybe it was a divorce. Maybe somebody abused you. Maybe it was a family member or a family situation that you trusted and it didn't play out the way you thought. And we have these things called wounds. And I don't know about you, but when I have like a cut or a wound, I'm like, do not touch this thing, okay? You know what I mean? Like, have you ever had like a deep wound and you go to the hospital to like get stitches and you're like, you're gonna touch it? You're gonna put a needle into this wound right now? I'm like, no, 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 please, please, please don't touch this. Luke 5, verse 19, it says, but they couldn't reach him because, because of the crowd. So they went on the roof and they took off some tiles and they lowered a sick man on his mat into the crowd right in front of Jesus. And when I saw that, it just jumped off the page to me that this man could have said, no, I don't want my trauma, I don't want my pain, I don't want my embarrassment exposed right in front of Jesus. Please don't expose this in front of Jesus. Please don't put me on the scene in front of everybody. Please don't lower me down right in front of them so everybody can see my trauma and my embarrassment. I'm sure this paralyzed man was embarrassed. This happens all the time. You know, so many times I hear this, this statement, I don't want Pastor Jeff to know what's really going on. Wow, we're embarrassed. We got trauma. We got issues. And I think a lot of times, and I think it's, you know, it's just human nature. It's just to hide things. It's just to run from things. And, and, and I think what's interesting is that the Lord goes, I see it all. I see it all. I just need you to what? I just need you to come. I need you to come and allow me to touch that wound. I need you to allow yourself to acknowledge this trauma before me. And why do I think it's important to acknowledge it before him? Because he is King Jesus, King Jesus, okay? And so I wanna make that clear that when we make a choice to serve Jesus, it isn't like, well, this is just Jesus, one and another, another one of these gods that are out there. No, no, he is King Jesus. He is the only Jesus. He is the only God, the only way. And so if I'm in that relationship with him, I'm called to what? Surrender my whole life. And, and what does that mean too? It means surrendering what? My trauma. Surrendering it to him. Allowing him to see it allowing him to touch it. And I know a lot of times we think, well, how do I even go about doing this? How do I even deal with this trauma? And, and I just want to throw out some things. Number one, um, I think that we have great pastors on staff. I, obviously, I, I love you. I tell people all the time, I'll talk to you anytime. That's why I'm here. You know, like, I, I'm just being really honest. Like, I don't see myself as a celebrity pastor to travel the world. I see myself as a shepherd that wants to love his people. And that's why I'm here. So we're, I'm here. And, and can I just say this? We have wonderful pastors on staff. We have a wonderful staff that loves you, cares for you, prays for you, that's here to help you. So number one, there's an avenue to deal with some trauma sometimes. The, the, the next thing is, is just Holy Spirit-filled counselors. And, and, and I love 
Holy Spirit-filled counselors. And let me say this, as a church, we can help you find those people. We can direct you to those people. If you come to us, sometimes people don't want us to know, and that's okay. We don't need to know everything. Sometimes you just gotta go, hey, uh, I'm hurting. Hey, I got some issues in our life. Hey, I got some issues in my soul. I just, I need some help. That's all you gotta say to us, and we'll help you. We'll help you to find the right counselor. I, I think the third thing, and for me, this has really been, I guess, my my life mantra is, is the Holy Spirit. And, and I had a wonderful Christian counselor, um, Holy Spirit-filled Christian counselor in my life for about six months, um, probably four years ago. And one of the things that she taught me was to ask this question. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. To ask this question, say, God, where were you in this moment of my trauma? That's a hard question. I'll never forget the very first moment that I had trauma in my life. I was 10 years old. My grandfather just was diagnosed with cancer. And, um, you know, even a 10-year-old boy can understand that that's not the word that you want to hear. You don't want to hear that word cancer. And so I remember one day my, uh, my uncle was picking me up to take me to basketball practice and I remember as we were leaving our neighborhood, I saw an ambulance coming. And I instantly thought as a 10-year-old boy, my grandpa's dying and the ambulance is going to our house. Now, is it, it's funny how the enemy will lie to you, isn't it? Okay, he'll cause moments of trauma because that wasn't the case, but he was just bringing a moment of trauma. And, and I remember I asked the Lord, Lord, where were you in that moment? I remember just feeling the Holy Spirit say to me, I was sitting right next to you in that car. I knew who you were. I knew your life. I was designing your life, and I knew how to take care of you every day of your life moving forward. And that's all I needed to hear. I just needed to expose that trauma to the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit, just say, Holy Spirit, where were you? Can you speak into my life? Can you speak into this moment? Number two today we're going to talk about wrong expectations. Wrong expectations, being paralyzed by wrong expectations. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn your attention to the screen. Uh, we're going to show you uh, a few videos, and then we'll, we'll jump back into this, okay? can wait. This is paradise, just being here with you. someone walks into your life and my flower and you can't remember how you ever lived without them and we skip to the good part you've arrived at your destination Sometimes I wish that I could free 
the picture Ever since I left the city All right. How many of you are feeling the vibes right now? You're like, yeah, I'll take all of those vibes. How, how many of you heard the Michael Scott at the end? Am I running away from my responsibilities? Can we get an amen from anybody? He's like, yes, I, I am. I'm on a roller coaster right now, and uh, it feels good. Um, I think the enemy is uh, working extremely hard uh, to paralyze us with just what I call wrong expectations. You know, the enemy is setting up this ideal, and it's what? It's a picture of what, this is what your life should be. This is what your life should look like. This is how your life should feel. And what's interesting is... Um, just how the brain functions and how we are taking in this content on a daily basis and a weekly basis and a monthly basis, and it's forming neurological pathways in our minds to help us to think, this is what my life should look like on the daily. This is how life should feel. This is how life should go, and, and you know, IG and YouTube and TikTok is forming these pathways. And, and so the question is this, what happens when your life with Jesus doesn't look like these reels? Like what happens when my daily doesn't feel like that? I, my favorite reel on that whole thing was, it was a Quaker Oats commercial, okay? Quaker Oats. You know what I mean? With flowers and just a beautiful morning and we're eating Quaker oats together, you know? What happens when, you know, life doesn't look like that and your kid's throwing food and yelling and screaming? What happens when life doesn't look this way? See, um, it was interesting. Me and Jess the other day, we were talking about this in the car and she said this word and I thought, man, that's just genius. She said, we want to romanticize everything. I thought, man, it's so good. We, we just want to romanticize life. We want life to feel like this picture-perfect movie moment all the time. We're romanticizing it. And, and the issue is this. When life doesn't look like that, then I think the enemy comes in like a flood, and he tells us what? You're failing. You're failing. Because we live in a life of, compare, of comparing constantly. And listen, can I, can I say this? Look, there is nothing wrong, and God wants you to have special moments. Okay? There, there's nothing wrong with special moments. You know, like, like one of our favorite things, we've been doing this recently. We will turn on some jazz music um, in our house. Come on. Ooh, doesn't that feel good right now? 
Ooh, you hear the horn? We'll turn on some jazz music. Dad's gonna grill, right? We're gonna sit down as a family, all of us together. That means Michael with us, okay? Because he's gone a lot now. Having what? Family dinner. There's nothing wrong with those moments. There's nothing wrong with building those moments. There's nothing wrong with having those moments. Let me make that abundantly clear. God wants you to be blessed, and he wants you to enjoy your life. But when you are constantly feeling like life doesn't measure up because my life doesn't look on the daily like all these reels, all these things that I'm watching, it will leave you what? Defeated, disappointed, and lost. I'm gonna say it again. Defeated, disappointed, and lost. Because you're gonna be thinking, where is this? Verse 18. Some men were carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat, and they tried to get inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went on the roof and took off some tiles, and they lowered a sick man on the mat right in front of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. I want you to see something there. The Lord just showed me this the other day. He said, listen, they didn't give up. They didn't give up. Even though there was a challenge, even though there was opposition, even though there was a moment where they could have just simply said, hey, man, we tried. We got here. The place is full. The place is full. Nobody can get to Jesus. I'm so sorry, but we tried. But the reality was they said, no, 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 there's another level that we can go to. We can push on, and we can push through in what? We can push through in faith. Because let me be abundantly clear to you today. God wants to build endurance, strength, and faith into your life, okay? He wants to build endurance, strength, and faith into your life. And, and here's the deal. God's system to build these things in your life doesn't always feel warm and fuzzy, doesn't always feel like a beautiful fall day. And there's candles and the fireplace is going and you got your pumpkin spice latte, you know what I mean? It doesn't always feel like that with the Lord. It doesn't always look like when God is doing something in your life, it doesn't look like a reel that you'll post. When God's system of building endurance and strength and faith in you, it doesn't always look like what you dreamed of. We all have these dreams and we have these perspectives of like what God will do. And, and it, let me, if I could ever show you biblically, it would be the story of Joseph, right? Because what, He's, he starts in a pit, a pit. He's sold into slavery. How many of you would go, if you got sold, you'd be like, God, I know you've forsaken me. I know you've left me. Then he is brought to a palace but then he's brought back to another pit called a prison. Eventually, what? To bring back to the palace to be second in charge and to save what? Save a nation. So God's ultimate plan for Joseph was fulfilled, but God had to build what? Endurance, strength, and faith into him so that he could handle the position. And sometimes I think we go, man, this just doesn't feel good. 
I don't like how it feels. I don't like this season. I don't like what God's doing. And so I'm going to run to try to find what can make me happy at the moment. And we have these wrong expectations. And the wrong expectations actually paralyze us from going further with the Lord and seeing what he has in store for us. Point number three is this, worn out. I think a bunch of us are just paralyzed because we're just tired. Anybody else with me? Just, just tired, just, just worn out. Um, I want to show you some old family pictures from back in the day. <laughs> Luke just turned eight last Friday. That was a, that was a great little season. Uh, go to the next picture. He just had, uh, they were just crazy little boys. Uh, put up that next one. Yeah, look at that. Look, look. It's just like messy hair, but can you just see the chaos in his face, okay? I mean, can you see like I'm gonna do something I shouldn't do to my little newborn brother right here, or I'm gonna make a crazy mess or something? Uh, next picture, you know, next picture, Michael's just picking his nose, you know? So here's the deal. Um, this is a really, um, what I would call, hard season of our life. We're just worn out all the time. You know, I was in ministry. I was working probably uh, 60 plus hours a week. Um, Jess did home daycare at her house. She watched seven kids a day. Uh, we were just trying to make life work. We were trying to make life come together. Um, I remember this one summer, uh, we were just, you know, kind of looking at the fall, and we wanted to take a family vacation, and Christmas was coming, and we needed some extra money, and Jess was like, I'm already here with all these crazy kids. I might as well just keep adding more this summer, and we, she got to the point, we had 14 kids at our house, 14 every day at our house. And it was just, um, it was just, a, it was just a crazy season of our life. And I remember during this season, we had this like six-month uh, little moment in our life that all three boys were just throwing up all the time. All the parents understand what I'm talking about right now, okay? They're just, they're throwing up all the time, okay? And, and that's bad in itself, okay? But what made it even worse was they chose to skip the bathroom and come to our bedroom and wake us up. Your, your kids ever like just stand next to you? You know what I mean? They just, they don't say anything. It's like a horror movie, you know what I mean? You just wake up and you're like, what are you doing, you know? Like, like it was like these kind of moments where they, they would stare over us and then they would just say, I'm sick. And then they would just decide to puke on us and on the bed, okay? And this happened for like over and over again for like six straight months. I'd be like, it'd be like the middle of the night. I'd be outside in the freezing cold with a garden hose. And I'd be like, God, I know you hate me right now. Like, I know that you are, you know, so angry at me. And I'm, you know, washing off puke. And this, it was just a tough season of our life that was just wearing us out. Can I get an amen from anybody? Okay. I saw this and I thought, man, this is, this is so good. Verse 17. One day while Jesus was teaching, 
Some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law were standing nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. I love that every word in the Bible is there for a reason. And I saw that and I thought, man, you know what? I bet you Jesus knew what it felt like to be worn out. Constantly being accused, constantly people coming at him, constantly people trying to mess with what he's doing, constantly people stabbing in the back, constantly people throwing him under the bus, constantly people telling him, you're not the son of God, constantly people looking for the opportunity to kill him. I thought, man, I bet you Jesus knows what it feels like to just be worn out. To just just feel like heavy and feel tired. But you know what I love about this is this, is that Jesus never gave up. Never gave up. Can I tell you what the secret sauce sometimes of life is? And it's this, don't give up. Don't give up. People ask me all the time, like, like how, how did this church like, come about? Like, how, how did it eventually get to this place? I got some friends that are trying to start a church, some friends that are early in their church life. And, you know, I always tell them, listen, this was Jesus, and it's always been Jesus, and it will always be Jesus, and it will always be him. But the next thing I always tell them is this, just don't give up. Just don't give up. Just keep grinding, keep moving forward. Just, just don't stop. And can I say this to all of you that feel worn out? And this is going to be the opposite of what you think that I'm going to tell you. You think I'm going to tell you, like, go on a vacation. Like, go get some rest on a beach. And those things are good and healthy. But how many of you know those things actually really don't satisfy your soul? Okay? So what I'm going to tell you is this. If you're worn out in a season that you feel worn out, you feel paralyzed because you feel worn out, let me say this. Don't stop reading your Bible. Don't stop. And and listen, to all of you, listen, I don't want to cast any judgment. I don't care if it's five solid minutes where you are reading your Bible. Just open up your Bible, okay? Let me say this. Don't stop praying. Don't stop talking to God. Don't stop having a little, just little moment where you turn on some worship music in your own house. And and, and listen, when you do these things also, I promise you, you're teaching your children for their future. They're watching you. They're watching how you deal with stress. They're watching how you deal with pressure. Don't give up. Get into the word. Pray. Can I say this? Don't not go to a group because you're busy. Because you just say, well, we're just busy. I don't have time to go to a group. You don't have time to not go to a group. You need encouragement. You need life. We had the men's group at my house on Tuesday. It was so good. I had such a great time with those guys. Those guys need the word of God. They need encouragement. We prayed for each other. I promise you, all of them needed that. There's so many great groups. Don't give up. Matthew 6, says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he'll give you what? Everything you need. We were talking the other day, a men's group on Tuesday night, we were talking about this, about how it feels like when you honor the Lord 
with just, hey, I'm gonna keep reading the word, I'm gonna keep praying, I'm gonna keep seeking him, how it just feels like he makes everything go so much smoother. And it's the truth. I just read it. He said, seek first the kingdom of God. So he says, listen, if you'll seek me, if you won't give up, if you won't allow heaviness and tiredness to wear you down, if you'll push through and seek me, he says what? I'll help you with things that you need help with. I'll help you with your children. I'll bring grace to your children. I'll bring grace to the chaos. Amen? Amen. Okay, he said, what? I'll, I'll help you with your spreadsheets. Those dumb spreadsheets. You're like, why, why do they keep coming? You just gotta keep doing them. You know, I'll, I'll help you make dinner. I'll help you with the laundry. I'll help do what? I'll help smooth out your life with what? My grace and my strength. Why? Because you seek him first. You didn't give up. You kept fighting. You kept going forward. Point number four today is this. Disobedience. And I know, like, you're like, why are we ending on this one? Why, why didn't we talk about that one sooner? Well, because I really think there's a lot of victory in this point, to be honest. Verse 24. So I'll prove to you that I'm the Son of Man with the authority on earth to forgive sins. Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand, pick up your mat, and walk. And instantly, everyone watched. The man jumped up, he picked up his mat and went home praising God. I, I want you to see something really powerful right here, okay? This man took Jesus at his word. This man took Jesus at his word. Now, here's the truth. This man could have easily said, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Um, I don't know if you didn't notice, but I am paralyzed and I can't walk and I can't move. How in the world am I gonna pick up my mat and go home and walk? Right? And I think this is, this is the struggle because the word of God comes and the word of God comes with power and might to heal every situation in your life. And you go, wait, 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 wait. I, I don't think you really know what's going on in my marriage. I don't think you really know what's going on in my finances. I don't think you really know what's going on at work. I don't think you really understand, God, what we're facing. He could have said, wait, wait, wait. Can, can I get some help? How about the guys that came with me? Can they, can they help me up? I haven't walked in a long time. Is there any way that they could come and lift me up and support me and help me to take my first steps? He could have said, wait, 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 wait. This isn't how you do things, Jesus. I know that, that you come and you come over and you put your hands on people and you touch them and you heal them that way, but you haven't touched me. He could have said, this isn't how this all works. But you know what he did? He just said, I believe in the spoken word of God. I, I believe in what is spoken has power and it has authority. 
and, and I want to help you understand something. If there's something that I've learned deeply over the years in my relationship with following Jesus, it's this. God's power comes alive when we take the first step of faith. Oh man, I should have got an amen out of that. I should have, listen. God's power, God's grace, God's blessing, God's favor, His help will always come alive when you take a step of faith. When you hear the Word of God and you go, yes, that is for me, that is for my life, that is God's truth for me, it's for my moment, it's for this moment of my life that I'm struggling in and I'm going to take Him at His Word. I'm not gonna fight Him. I'm not gonna, oh God, you prove yourself to me. God, send, you know, 14 people to encourage me and tell me that this is the right word. God, make me go to lunch with somebody that's also gonna tell me this is the right thing. No, no, they go, this is God's word and it's truth and it's my truth. And I'm gonna take him at his truth and I'm gonna take a step of faith right now. Amen? I want to give you a little example. You know, I'm an extremely uh, focused, um, driven individual. Extremely. To the point where, like, I can come into the church, the, the staff could be here, you could be here, and I, if, unless I really push myself, I could come in here and never say hi Never say bye. Never say like, how are you? How's your day? Good to see you. I can literally just come in and go and just come and go, come and go, come and go, okay? And it can make the people around me feel like, does he like me? You know? Is he mad at me? Am I in trouble? Is he in a bad mood? You know, like, what have I done? Like, is there something, like, coming down the road that, like, he's going to get really mad at me? Like, 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 what's going on? So imagine this just in, like, in a work environment, but imagine this translated into, like, your marriage. Right? Because I'll do the same thing. And what? I'll do the same thing in my marriage. And how many of you know it will cause some issues sometimes in my marriage? Okay, because listen, <laughs> you guys don't think I'm the worst person ever. I'm telling on myself, okay? I mean, I can be on the phone with Jess and I can be in such a hurry that I don't even say bye. I just hang up the phone and I just keep moving on. I, I promise you. I, I can't, I mean, and all the wives in here are like, if you didn't say I love you on the phone, I would murder you when you got home, right? So this can cause some issues sometimes. And so, you know, Jess and I got into this little rough patch recently. And, and what do I do first? I try to fix things on my own. How many of you would go, yeah, I understand that. I'm always trying to fix things in my own strength and my own grace. And so, you know, I thought I'll just use my verbal skills and I will argue my way out of this. You know what I mean, right? I like, I will make my case. I will make my point that I'm a busy person and that I'm a focused, driven person, right? And, and everything will get fixed. 
How many of you know that didn't work? <laughs> didn't work. So you think to yourself, okay, well, what's next? Oh, I guess I'll ask God. Right? You know, you're all thinking, you big dummy. Why didn't you just ask God from the beginning, right? I'll just, I'll just ask God. So I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, what is the issue? Very clearly, very clearly, he reminded me. Because, listen, somebody asked me recently, how do I hear God? You hear God through his word, Okay. Okay, this is why it's so important to understand his word because he'll talk to you. He'll reference you back to his word. He'll always take you back to truth. And so he just reminded me of Ephesians chapter five, verse 25. He said, go look it up, son. You know, and I love, he's so good. He's, it's never, and, and I want you to understand this. Like God has never been angry, frustrated, condescending with me. He's just like, hey, you're my son and I love you. Just go back to Ephesians 5, verse, verse 25. It says this, for husbands, this means to love your wife as Christ loved the church. He gave his life for her. And so I looked up that verse and I read that verse and this is what the Lord said to me. Do I ever act too busy for you? When you come into the room to talk, do I ever ignore you? He said, you know, is there ever a moment where, you know, I just say to you, hey, Jeff, uh, you should just know that I love you. I'm not gonna pour out my love on you. You just should know that I love you. And how many of you know, it's just one of those moments where you go, okay, this is your word and I need to take you at your word. And if I take you at your word and live out your word in obedience, it will bring blessing and favor into my life. If I'll just take you at your word, if I'll just put obedience. And I think there's so many times that we're struggling in life. We're struggling to move forward, we're struggling to get ahead. We're struggling and we feel like we're paralyzed. And the Lord goes, if you'll just obey me, if you'll just take me at my word, I promise you, guess what? You'll do what? Just as the Lord said, you'll stand up, you'll pick up your mat, and you'll what? You'll walk forward. If you'll take me at my word, if you'll be obedient, I promise you my life and my health will abound to you and you'll have the strength to stand back up. You'll have the strength to go, you know what? I don't live in this dysfunctional mat any longer. I'm gonna pick up this dysfunction and I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna walk with it and I'm gonna make this dysfunction be obedient once again. Can I get an amen? Let's just stand up this morning. I want you to close your eyes with me. I started today by just telling you a simple truth that God loves you and he cares so deeply for you. And if you are feeling like you're paralyzed in one of these areas of life, 
the Lord brought it to your attention today, not to make you feel bad, but he brought it to your attention today so that he could bring grace and health and healing because he loves you and he wants you to experience his victory. He wants you to experience his joy. He wants you to experience what it's like to go, you know what? I'm not paralyzed any longer, but I have strength. I have grace to pick up my mat and to walk again. Come on, if you feel comfortable, I just want you to raise your hands to the Lord. And I wanna pray over you. Father, I love you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you're the God of healing and restoration and life and joy. And Lord, we speak to these areas that are paralyzing people, areas of trauma, areas of just feeling worn out, exhausted, areas where there's disobedience, areas that we've had some expectations get off of you and onto the world. And Lord, we release grace to these areas right now. We speak life to trauma. We speak joy to trauma. We speak grace to trauma. We speak grace, grace to those who are worn out, those who are weary, they're tired. They feel like they're just like a zombie through life. I ask God for supernatural strength and grace and life to them. Father, we thank you, God, for just the grace and the strength to be obedient to your word, to walk in faith, to have seasons of seeing you do extraordinary things because we walk in faith. Lord, we thank you, God, for just healthy perspectives, fresh dreams that are Holy Spirit dreams, that are kingdom dreams, that are dreams that come from the throne room of God and not from this earth. Lord, we thank you, God, for health, health in our mind, in our body, in our souls, in our spirit, through your grace. We love you, we worship you, and we give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. We love you, we worship you, in Jesus, Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen.